Is there something wrong with God? I think if, if we're honest about it, sometimes that's the way it feels. Because we, we pray to him, right? We, we come to him with so many needs and so many desires, and we're trying to do his will. And so often it seems like he just says, nope, just go on your way, just live out your faith. And we feel like he's not acting, like he can't hear us. Or other times it seems like what he's calling us to do is just so counterintuitive, so strange, so countercultural. You might think, God, are you even listening? God, can you even hear me? Do you see me? Do you see what I'm going through? It's as if he can't hear our prayers. And it makes me think of this story that I recently heard uh, about this couple. They were getting on in years. And the husband, he was really worried about his wife, that she, she couldn't hear him. Because he would call out to her all throughout the house and ask her questions and then nothing, silence. And he was getting worried, so he decided one day to test her hearing. So from about 20 feet away, he says, Honey, can you hear me? Nothing. He's thinking, oh no, this has progressed worse than I thought. So he goes 10 feet away and he says, Honey, can you hear me? Nothing. Oh no, this is really bad. He goes five feet away, not that far, and he says, Honey, can you hear me? Nothing. So finally, he gets right behind her and he says, Honey, can you hear me? And she says, For the fourth time, yes. <laughs> and I feel that way with God. Very often I think, You're broken, God. You're not doing what I want you to do. And he's saying, I think you might be broken and you're not doing what I want you to do. I think you can't hear me. And he's saying, no, 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 I don't think you can hear me. Because I'm speaking so clearly in so many different ways, whether it be through sacred scripture, the teachings of the church, whether it be through the spiritual director that I'm wanting to give you, whether it be uh, through those inspirations and in prayer, but you are blocking your ears to me. You're saying, no, 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 no. If you're, if you're going to tell me to do something I don't want to do, I don't want to listen. And we live our lives that way very often. And we end up blind to what God is doing for us and deaf to his words of encouragement and his words of direction. And what do you think opens up our ears and our eyes to be able to recognize God's working? You ready for it? You ready for the answer? Gratitude. We see this beautiful gratitude in the first reading and in the gospel today. And we think gratitude is just politeness. Like, oh yeah, it's kind of a nice thing to say thank you when somebody does something for us. But gratitude is actually this switch that we, um, that we make in our soul from looking at all that is wrong in our world, in our lives, in our own souls, to being able to see all that is good that the Lord is doing. It's one of the most profound transformations that we can have in our life is if we intentionally start to be grateful. Because too often we put off gratitude until what we want happens. And we end up kind of like those nine other healed lepers that couldn't identify the source of their blessing. And they left maybe healed of their leprosy, but they didn't leave saved in their souls. They might have left with healthy bodies, but they didn't know the Lord. 
They received a gift but didn't meet the giver of all good gifts. But only one who had that spirit of gratitude was able to see the source of all blessings. He was able to come back to Jesus Christ and not only be healed but be saved, which is what it's all about in the end. So we can ask ourselves, how do we attune ourselves to what the Lord is doing through gratitude? First, how do you wake up in the morning? Right? Usually, uh, not, uh, not yet. I don't want to get up yet. Or, the moment we wake up, immediately we go into hyperdrive of worry. Oh no, I have this to do and this other thing to do and I forgot all about that. And oh no. And right from the first minute, from the first breath, we're defensive. And then it shouldn't be a worry or it shouldn't be a wonder for us that then we're stressed out all the time. That we're impatient. That... Uh, your children, that might be the greatest blessings you've ever had, might at that first moment be something that just tips you over the edge. Like, oh, you wet the bed again? You're 17. Just kidding. Hopefully a 17-year-old isn't wetting the bed. Uh, but we're on edge because we started the day with worry. We started the day thinking immediately... And that's what we're hardwired to do, right? Our bodies and our brains, they didn't develop over the centuries to count our blessings. They developed over the century, over the centuries and over the millennia to look out for threats, right? Our ancestors who were able to just be calm and just go through life, smelling the roses and all that, yeah, they got eaten by saber-toothed tigers, Right? We didn't get their genes. What? We got the gene of the guy who was looking over his back all the time and saying, like, oh no, what's going to hurt me next? He was the one that looked out for his own life, lived long enough to pass along his genes, and in many ways we haven't developed beyond that. We might not be looking out for saber-toothed tigers, but we are constantly worrying about so many different things. In the midst of all that worry, we forget to be grateful for what God is giving so how do we switch those first moments of the day from being the first moments of worry and uh, panic and being rushed with everything to being something where we can encounter God? Well, Chris Stefanik, who recently wrote this book on joy that's been just um, very profoundly impacting me this year, he gives the suggestion that what you do is you start your day counting blessings. Right from the get-go. Before you can get into that hyperdrive of worry, you say, that breath, thank you. That night's sleep, it wasn't the best. I didn't like it all that much, but it was better than nothing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this bed, this roof. Oh, I hear, the, I hear the, those, little, um, those little feet running up to, to meet me. Uh, thank you for my kids. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for... And just listing even just 10 thank yous in the morning, like we would do a decade of the rosary, maybe a decade of gratitude. And already your frame of mind has changed. And you realize God is good. He's not out to get me. He loves me. He's not just from a distance expecting things from me. And then at the end of the day, what do I do? Do I just think about the various ways that I failed? Is that my entire examination of conscience? Just, oh God, I'm the worst again. Ugh. And then you go to sleep thinking, you're the worst again. Ugh, maybe an act of contrition. Sometimes that is what we think an examination of conscience is. But that's only part of the picture. Part of the picture is, yeah, I want to be able to improve, so, so where did I maybe not respond to your love? But you can't answer that question until you ask the question, oh, 
And where was your love present today? So first you ask God, how did you work in my life today? What, what, what am I grateful for? And what's incredible is that if you get in the habit of doing that, sometimes you might have the worst day. And at the end of that minute that you've devoted to gratitude, you realize there's actually a lot of good things today. Even the things that I hated, oh boy, I'm learning from them. Even my failures, I could be grateful for. Oh wow, God, you're good. And so do we bracket the day with gratitude? Because only then will we be able to have eyes to see the Lord at work and ears to hear his encouragement and his words of direction. Because sometimes what he calls us to is a little strange. Or at least it seems strange to us. There might be church teachings that you hear, especially regarding the family, family life, human sexuality, things like that, where you're like, I just don't get it. I really just don't get it. Does, does God not see how hard it is already? And it might seem like what the Lord said to Naaman the Syrian through Elisha the prophet. Where it seems nonsensical, this thing that he needs to do to be cleansed. Church teaching, it often seems that way. Like, really? I have to go to church every week? Doesn't God know my heart? Yes, he does. He does know your heart. But that heart can either be filled with love for him, expressed by your presence here, or it can be filled with love for everything else that is more worth your time. There are the basics of the faith that sometimes seem very strange to us, like, as I referenced, the Syrian, Naaman. What was it that the Lord called him to do? He traveled to a distant land to be healed by this man of God, Elisha, and all he had to do was bathe seven times in the Jordan River? And God's telling us in order to be able to receive all these blessings, the blessing of communion with him, all we have to do is pray daily, go to confession when we need it, but probably monthly would be good. Go to Mass every Sunday. Really, those basics? Yeah, sometimes it is that simple to develop that relationship and to receive the Lord's blessing. Now, when I say the Lord's blessing, I don't mean health and wealth and everything else, the prosperity gospel. What I mean is the, the inestimable blessing of having communion with him who saves us. That which that tenth leper received. Not just health of body, but communion with the God who gave that body. Sometimes it's simple. Sometimes it seems strange and counterintuitive, but we only hear what the Lord is calling us to do if we adopt that spirit of gratitude where we try to see him at work in all the little things in our life. And then we can be like that one Samaritan. Because I don't want to demonize the other nine. Because really, quite frequently, I'm just like them. I ask God, I say, God, you got to help me with this thing. And he says, just do the basics. And I'm like, no, 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 you got to tell me to do something extraordinary. And it's kind of like these lepers. They say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And what does he say? Go show yourselves to the priests. Now, on one level, that's actually what they're supposed to do. The priests are the ones that examine them to bring them back into the community. Because as lepers, they weren't allowed in close contact, which to some degree makes sense. We all live through COVID, right? Social distancing, all that. But it was the priest that was also kind of the doctor at that time. So he would examine whether the leprosy was still present or not. 
And he would be the gateway to enter back into the community. But I wonder how many of these lepers, when Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, took that as, I'm not going to help you. They expected some clouds parting experience of God where he touches them and they have this incredible feeling of being cleansed. Instead, Jesus said, have faith that I can cleanse you. We don't know at what point in their journey they were cleansed. It might have been that they needed to go a full day's journey, maybe even more, to see the priest. And after day one, they're like, I'm not cleansed yet. I'm giving up. Or it could have been that midway through that journey, they were cleansed. And then they said, well, some good that asking that Jesus guy did for me. I was cleansed all by myself. He didn't do it. I did. If we don't have a spirit of gratitude... That's how we look at our lives. We don't see the fact that God gave us the work ethic that we used in our jobs to get our money. We just think, I'm working so hard and God doesn't even give me credit for it. We don't see his hand behind all of the good things that we have. But if we have this spirit of gratitude like that one Samaritan, we are able to see God at work. We are able to go to him each week and say, thank you so much, Lord. Because ultimately, that's what Eucharist means, thanksgiving. It is the Son's act of self-offering that we get to plug into in order to give thanks to God for all that he has done for us in that sacrifice at Calvary. To give thanks for him for every single little blessing that we have recognized throughout the week. Weekly Mass is about us coming in person like that Samaritan to kneel before the Lord and say, you are the one that's healed me, you are the one that saved me, and I want to carry that gratitude with me throughout every minute of every day. So that can be our prayer today, that God may not only give us himself, but with himself may give us that spirit of gratitude that we need to be able to see him at work in every minute of every day, to be able to count our blessings in the morning and in the evening, and then to be able to kneel before the God who is the giver of all good gifts with a spirit of gratitude, grateful above all else for the fact that we have him who will love us unto eternity.